0: Hit record. Let's go. All right, go. Welcome back. No, wait. Music. Fuck. <laughs> hey, I know. Bullshit is everywhere.
1: Bullshit. Bullshit is
0: rampant. Total fucking bullshit. B-b-b- bullshit. This makes no fucking sense. I mean, it's just bullshit. Fuck.
1: Bullshit. is bullshit. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going
0: to take this anymore! Welcome back to Bullshit Filter the News, episode 26. This day of our Lord and Saviour, Donald J. Trump, 674, a.k.a. the 26th of November 2018, if you're counting in the old uh, system. May his nose hairs never be ticklish and his tiny hands continue to fondle his daughter's sweet, sweet ass. And may he continue to give thanks for himself, Ray Paris? Yes. Oh, actually
1: sure well. Yeah. Do you give
0: yeah. do you give thanks for yourself every day, Ray? Is that how you start um, you wake up in the morning and just give thanks to the universe does, that uh, you're there to make things better?
1: Does pleasuring myself count? Hmm.
0: Not well, maybe, so, maybe. Then I don't.
1: Okay. I'm like, thank you for my technique, um, which I've learned over the years. But that's uh-huh. as close as it comes. No pun intended.
0: <laughs> oh, nice one. Let's uh, let's start this week with Donald J. Trump's uh, statement on yes. Saudi Arabia. Now, this came out a week ago, um, November 20th. Um, and I have to be honest, when I first read this, I was right. pretty sure it was The Onion. I <laughs> was pretty sure this was fake. This was joke. You this was satirical. This, right? <laughs> but um, so apparently,
1: no, this is the real thing written by yeah. the President of the United States. Said the man who I'm thankful for, thankful for myself.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that. But this is oh. this is before that.
1: Oh, okay, sorry.
0: I'm gonna read some of it, maybe all of it, dunno. It's just so much fun. Uh, kind of <laughs> scary. America first it says. It starts off with with a big exclamation mark. The world is a very dangerous place Exclamation mark. <clears throat> now let's 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 stop. Pause, reflect. Just break that down. Break yeah, that yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. You know why the world's a very dangerous place? Tell me. Because the President of the United States is (laughs) writing this memo, this statement. That's why the world is a very dangerous place. The very fact that you have a president who starts off an official White House fucking communication with the world is a very dangerous place with an exclamation Ah, mark. Look out. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: The country of Iran, as an example, is responsible for a bloody proxy war against Saudi Arabia in Yemen, trying to destabilise Iraq's fragile attempt at democracy, supporting the terror group Hezbollah in Lebanon, propping up dictator Bashar Assad in Syria, who has killed millions of his own citizens, and much more. Likewise, the Iranians have killed many Americans and other innocent people throughout the Middle East. Iran states openly and with great force, death to America and death to Israel, Iran is considered the world's leading sponsor of terror.
1: Woo! If you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
0: first yeah. of all, why are we yeah. talking about Iran? What have they done? All of a sudden, Why? Why <laughs> is... Why? What have they done? Uh, it, y- nothing, as it turns out. Yeah. But hell,
1: geez. Yeah. <laughs> So well, I, right? I get the feeling right before he wrote that, he looked up at a name is Iraq on our side? Oh, okay. Thank you. And then he finished uh, writing, uh, talking about Iran. Yeah, this guy is, he's just out there. He's out there. He's having a good time.
0: So uh, who's responsible for the bloody proxy war in Yemen? Uh, the United States, I would say, is responsible for that. They're the ones that have been supporting Saudi's attacks on the Houthi in mm-hmm. Yemen. Um. Do,
1: mm. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I guess there's two ways to support them: one, to sell them arms, and uh, two, to not chide them for such actions.
0: Oh, and there's actual active military support as well. I don't think uh, they don't. U.S. doesn't have troops on the ground, but they're providing military assistance uh, in Yemen and have been since the days of the Obama administration. Uh, we'll get to Yemen a little bit later on in this. Um, all right. Uh, Trying to destabilize Iraq's fragile attempt at democracy. Oh, you mean that Iraq that the United States invaded 15 years ago, destroyed their infrastructure, uh, overturned their fragile political system, left a complete black hole, and allowed ISIS to rise. That Iraq? Yeah. That's that's the one.
1: That's the one. That Iraq.
0: Mm. Yeah. Supporting the terror group Hezbollah. In Lebanon, well, you say they're a terror group. Um, other people think of them as freedom fighters. But hey, let's not uh, let's not uh, debate the definition of, of with Luke Skywalker and the, uh, the 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 rebels in Star Wars, freedom fighters or terrorists. Well, <laughs> depends on who's telling the story. I guess from Darth Vader's point of view, they were terrorists. Yeah.
1: <laughs> from a certain point of view. Hmm. That was my Luke, uh, Luke and Price impersonation. Oh, that's, that's terrible.
0: Um, um, I do it like this. I do it. I do. I'd one. If I was going to go there, say, <laughs> it depends on, Oh, that sounds more like George John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I ended up there.
1: So <laughs> the man who just critiqued my, um, impersonation. <laughs> that's fine.
0: Hey, that's fine. hey, 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 I'm the world's leading expert (laughs) on impersonations. It's Uh, well-established. Propping up dictator Bashar Assad in Syria. Well, hmm, okay. Um, I don't know how they're propping him up exactly. Uh, I think it's it's, it's more Trump's close personal friend, Vladimir Putin, who's propping (laughs) up Bashar Assad. Um, Mr. Pimp. We But we did 25 hours on Syria, so let's not go back in there. Um, the Iranians have killed many Americans and other innocent people throughout the Middle East, really. Um, which it, innocent Americans have they killed in the Middle East? Um,
1: yeah, a number, a name, mm, anything. Got a name? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Death to America, death to Israel, the world's leading sponsor of terror. Well, many people, uh, myself included, consider the United States to be the world's leading sponsor of terror. The CIA, um, in particular, has been the world's leading sponsor of terror um, for, for many, many decades. Doesn't
1: Cut. that make Iran number two? And that's still bad in his book.
0: <laughs> I don't think they're even number two. I think you probably okay. go, the United States... You'd probably go uh, Russia, um, mm. maybe then um, hmm, the United Israel Kingdom. United Kingdom and right. Israel, yeah, they'd be up there. France. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're trying. I, I, don't, I don't even know that Iran makes the top 10, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, but anywho, Saudi Arabia, definitely up there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, who who financed uh, the 9-11 attacks on the United States and uh, who, who made up 10 out of the 12 pilots, or whatever it was, 8 out of the 10, 10 out of the 12, whatever, Saudi Arabia. Uh, but, hey, wait, let's, let's not let facts get in the way of a presidential statement here. On the other hand, Saudi Arabia would gladly withdraw from Yemen if the Iranians would agree to leave. They would immediately provide desperately needed humanitarian assistance because they're just nice people, the Saudis. Yeah. And they, they have agreed,
1: white hats. They've agreed Literally to spend
0: hats. billions of dollars in leading the fight against radical Islamic terrorism. The country that beheads atheists uh, sure. is willing to fight against radical Islamic terrorism. The country that flew planes into buildings in New York on 9-11 yeah. are willing to fight yeah. against radical Islamic terrorism. Right. Good for them.
1: And didn't they just let women start driving or am I getting my Middle Eastern countries mixed up? No, they did. Yeah,
0: that was...
1: was Good for them. Freedom! So it goes on and on and on about how
0: great the Saudis are. And then he finally gets to the point of the whole thing. The crime against Jamal Khashoggi was a terrible one. And one that our country does not condone. Indeed, we have taken strong action against those already known to have participated in the murder. What strong action was that exactly? Well, we pointed a finger and said "tisk tisk" at them. Um, after yeah. great independent research, we now know many details of this horrible crime. The great independent research—by that he means the recordings that the Turks allowed us to listen to. Right. Um, uh, but he won't listen to. Yeah, he won't listen to them. We have already sanctioned 17 Saudis. What does that mean exactly? Yeah. We've told them that they are not allowed into the United States. Uh, they've, yeah. they've already been arrested in Saudi Arabia, so they probably <laughs>
1: weren't going to be around.
0: Yeah. planning on any trips to the U.S. in the near future anyway. But
1: if you come here, no 20% off Christmas shopping. Again, they probably yeah. won't leave that country with their heads or hands, but if they get here, yeah. Yeah. Curtail shopping expenses. Yeah,
0: not they're not allowed to participate in Black Friday and no turkey, no. Thanksgiving. That's right out. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, or, what,
1: what, or whatever kind of meat they have to eat. Yeah, yeah.
0: But of course, no, nothing, nothing. Uh, no sanctions against yeah. the Crown Prince or the King. What? Um. It- mm.
1: I'm sorry. I just have to ask real quick: Is it up to us, even if we said yes, you're the ones that did it? We approve. Is it up to the United States? Isn't it up to the United Nations or the World Court or something other than? I mean, do we have do we have legal grounds to pursue these people for uh, because he was an American citizen?
0: He wasn't an American citizen. He he was
1: sponsored or
0: something. He was uh, residing. Uh, mm-hmm. might have been a permanent resident, was residing uh, in America, working in America. Gotcha. Uh, but no, he was not uh, an American citizen. Um, look, he, 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 it's not the United Nations. It's it's more of an, uh, I think... Um, International Criminal Court,
1: maybe mm-hmm. take this to Geneva. Didn't we mock that a couple of months ago?
0: Yeah, you're not you're not members of the International Criminal Court, which makes right. it difficult. Um, gotcha. Because gotcha. uh, the, the if you were the the various countries in the world where you have sponsored terrorism <sighs> would 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 come yeah. after you, and so right. you don't want to be part of that. <laughs> good,
1: good call. Dodged yeah. a bullet there.
0: Yeah. Um, so. That this is, But this is the key bit here. He says, look, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the crown prince vigorously denies any knowledge of the mm-hmm. planning or the execution of the murder of Mr. Khashoggi. Right. Our intelligence agencies continue to assess all information, but it could be very well that the crown prince had
1: knowledge of this tragic event. Maybe he did, and maybe he didn't. <laughs> That's, actually, that's true. It's probably one or the other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. probably binary. Uh, so- at least he got that bit right. <laughs>
1: um,
0: That being said, we may never know all the facts surrounding the murder of Mr. Jamal Khashoggi. In any mm-hmm. case, our relationship... What <laughs> the fuck is he doing? Now, yeah. Uh, he finishes with... As President of the United States, I intend to ensure that in a very very dangerous world, America is pursuing its national interests and vigorously contesting countries that wish to do us harm. Very simply, it is called America first. Um, The country that sponsored the 9-11 attacks, uh, Mm he's not not pursuing those. He's going to protect that one. Uh, Right. But all the other countries.
1: The other ones. Oh, you better watch out. Better watch out. Yeah. Well, is it America first? To yes, you're selling weapons, a hundred billion—was it a hundred ten billion dollars worth of weapons—to this this nation that's obviously will do whatever it wants and, and knows that it's free to do though. But if they're a bully, if they're a bad guy, but they're on our side, does that make it okay? Or if the fact that we're getting a sale that China or Russia would love to have—that we're you know zero zero sum game here—is it a good thing? that we're getting that no matter that they killed this reporter. I mean, Realpolitik. I mean, is, is it a zero sum game no matter what your lofty intentions are?
0: Mm. Well, look, here's the point, man. Like people, people are shocked at this.
1: Right. Trump,
0: Trump basically came out and said, Hey, listen, we don't care that they killed Khashoggi. We're in it for the money. Mm-hmm. And people are shocked, but this is just business as usual for the United
1: States. Yep. A little crude, but yeah.
0: The the only way this is shocking is that Trump is actually saying it out loud. Uh, <laughs> usually, this but, kind of stuff isn't said out loud. It, it, we, we, you know, publicly, officials right. have to go, we are shocked, sir, shocked that there uh, is gambling going on in this establishment. And then quietly... <laughs> Behind the scenes, yeah. they go, "Yeah, look, you, you got to do what you got to do. You got to kill a critic. You got to kill a critic. Chop him up, dissolve his body in acid. We get it. We've it, been there. I'm, everyone, I'm everyone telling. does it. Yeah, just
1: between you and me, I wish I could. But hey, we we ran
0: yeah. we ran secret black sites for 10, 15 years around the world where we tortured people. We get it. Um, yeah. Trust Sometimes me. Sometimes
1: someone just got to go. Yeah, yeah got to go."
0: Uh, but what's shocking about this is that he is saying it out loud. He has no tact and doesn't care. Like I, the, the reason politicians don't say this kind of stuff out loud usually is they think it will damage them politically if they mm-hmm. speak openly about how this works. Trump, of course, uh, doesn't care. Either, and not only doesn't care, thinks that... It'll be a boon for him. His base, right, get erections when they hear him <laughs> talk like this, um, which they
1: normally say for their cousins. But yes,
0: because <laughs> it's a, it's the tough man, the strong man thing. They like it. Right. They like yeah. so, a little bit of uh, brutality and right. and pragmatism and real politics. Yes, okay. I mean, he could he could and probably will at some juncture. I put money on this. If sufficient yeah. evidence comes out that the crown prince did give the order,
1: right.
0: uh, Trump will come out and say, okay, he did give the order, but I don't care. Uh, I like the guy. So yeah. just. Yeah.
1: It makes me that. laugh.
0: Yeah. yeah. It tick- tickles me. My- the- mm,
1: <laughs> Isn't the CIA pretty much already saying, not not slam dunk, but isn't the CIA, which he has incredible, tremendous, big respect for, <clears throat> aren't they saying that we pretty much believe uh, he did it? He's the one who had him killed.
0: Yes. I'm going to play a clip uh, to that point in a second. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. No, but yeah, no, they are. They are saying that. now. The point I want to make here is that a lot of the media coverage of this, and, and I've been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks, it's all, oh, my God, I can't believe that Trump is letting them get away with this. But look, the Saudis have been committing atrocities on par and far worse than this for decades, inside their borders and outside. They've been beheading dissidents and atheists, and they've created the planet's worst humanitarian crisis in Yemen, uh according to the United Nations, there are around 14 million Yemenis on the brink of famine, including 85,000 children who have died already. They've killed and- 85,000 children through a combination of military and, and, and starvation and lack of access to medicines and those sorts of things.
1: Well, you and I just the other night on the Cold War show were making a big deal or trying to deal with these staggering probably 2 million people that died in Indochina from all the French and uh, Japanese policies. And now here's 14 million people caught up in, in this war. I mean, this is, uh, you're absolutely right. They're monsters. This is absolutely horrible. That's uh, that's a number that I cannot comprehend.
0: Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, doesn't care. Doesn't care about that. Um, no one's uh, up in arms, really, uh, in the right. U.S. government about Saudi treatment uh, of the Yemenis. Um, and they're using their their veto in the Security Council to make sure nothing gets done about it at an international <laughs> level. Um, but this predates... Trump, I guess, is my point. The the war in Yemen goes back to the Obama-Clinton days. They were fully supportive of it, sold the Saudis billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars of weapons in order to help them prosecute the war. So this is business as usual, supporting the Saudis. Obama not only authorized the sale of a record amount of weapons to the Saudis, But Mm -hmm. he also cut short his visit to India, which happens to be the world's largest democracy, where he was delivering lectures about the importance of human rights and civic freedoms in order to travel to Riyadh to pay homage to the Saudi king when he died, the last Saudi king. Um, That's how close Obama was to the Saudi dictatorship. It was only in the very last month of his presidency that Obama started to restrict some arms sales to the Saudis. Uh, The previous 18 months, when they'd been fighting the war against Yemen, not a problem. But in the last month, obviously thinking about his legacy, so he could say, well, in in my presidency, I uh, restricted the uh, flow of weapons to the Saudis. Yeah, technically, in the very last days, which, of course, uh, Trump immediately overturned when he got in and said, ah, fuck that, let's sell them more.
1: Well... Hmm. If you're going to do your Obama, I have to do my Obama just to be, you know. Oh, yeah. Let me be perfectly clear oh, that's that good. Mm. you're going to miss your king, <laughs> as will I. Mm. He was our best customer. I mean, good friend. Good mm. friend. And we miss him very much. Fuck well, India. I have to go now. Yeah. Not, ba-
0: not bad. Not bad. I'll pay Thank that. Thank you. Not bad. Thank you. Um, but you have to love Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, tweet. <laughs> For people who don't know Tulsi Gabbard, she's a Democrat from Hawaii, uh, mm. quite attractive, uh, quite attractive lady. Um, she, I do there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. <clears throat> she's Samoan. Um, uh, uh, she's got me moaning. And a no, hind- that's not what you said. And a, and a Hindu. Um, uh-huh. So there you go. Um, <laughs> she tweeted uh, to but- Trump. Hey, Trump, being Saudi America's bitch is not America first. <laughs> Somebody put this woman in the White House, will you? Holy shit. Yeah. She's ready. Yeah. She's ready. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, to take take Trump's two years of in office and to just boil it down to a one statement, she nailed it in one. Good yeah. for her.
0: Yeah. yeah. Here's a clip from uh, Senator Jack Reed, Democrat from Rhode Island. I think he's on the um, uh, uh, Armed Services Committee, something like that, talking about the CIA's position on uh, the Crown Prince's role in the Khashoggi murder.
1: Get your reaction. No, they didn't conclude. They did not come to a conclusion. Uh, they have feelings certain ways, but they didn't have the report. You and saying? you can ask, you can ask, Mike, they have not concluded. Nobody's concluded. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to conclude that the crown prince did it. Senator, is the president lying? Yes. Uh, the CIA concluded uh, that uh, the crown prince of uh, Saudi Arabia was directly involved in the assassination of Khashoggi. Uh, they did it, as has been reported to the press, with high confidence, which is the the highest level of uh, accuracy that they will vouch for. It's based on facts. It's based on analysis. Uh, the The notion that they didn't reach a conclusion is just unsubstantiated. That the CIA has made that clear.
0: So there you go. That's his take on it. High con- when they say something happened with high confidence, that's as yeah. high as it gets. Yeah. Which is what the CIA says now. The, the director of the CIA is Gina Haspel. Trump made her the director of the CIA, CIA earlier this year when he moved Mike Pompeo over to be Secretary of State when he fired um, Mr. Big Oil. Um, now, it, it's got to <laughs> suck to be Gina Haspel right now, right? Um, her agency um, throwing Trump's mate MBS under the bus, throwing her under the bus... Everybody's the uh, Yeah. He's he's put her in there. Look, don't embarrass me. Uh CIA's coming out and saying, yep, yeah, MBS did it. He's going, no, no, the CIA doesn't know shit.
1: Um, <laughs> now Trust me, I know.
0: Yeah. Now obviously we have to assume that Gina Haspel, uh, being a, a Trump loyalist, wouldn't have allowed this to come out because it's Mm. going to be embarrassing to Trump. So uh, somebody inside the CIA has probably leaked this. I think it was the Washington Post uh, that initially reported the CIA's position on it. Um, So it's some sort of a leak, we have to assume. Obviously, there are many people, we, we, we assume in the CIA, who don't like Trump. And as I've said a number of times, I think what's going on here is... Uh, remember that MBS uh, himself, there was sort of a coup inside of Saudi Arabia where he ousted the previous crown prince and his people. Then he went and arrested a whole bunch of senior oh, yeah. uh, Saudis, royal, members of the royal family and, and power players over there. Um, so there's there's a power play going on in Saudi Arabia, and there are certain people within the U.S. administration and the CIA and the media uh, that have relationships with the old Saudi A- regime, that want to put pressure on the new Saudi regime. Mm, um, right. And I think the same is going on with Turkey as well, um, the, you know their, their relationship wow. with the old yeah. and the new regimes in Saudi Arabia. So anyway, but it's, it's still yet to be played out. Um,
1: right, except for we're not going to do anything. Let's just make that clear. Yeah, not, I'm sure that we could, but we're not Trump's not going to do anything. But my point is that even if it wasn't Trump, nothing
0: would happen. Because this is Absolutely. the Saudis, right?
1: Absolutely. He's he's just more blunt about it. And and I just want to say this real quick before we move on. So Trump's got a a 35% base he could do anything, and these people would support him. And I'm related to some of these people. So he can say, look, this guy straight up killed him. I don't care because we're going to get $110 billion in sales. There's going to be a lot of jobs. This means a stock, uh, stock market uh, in that particular sector is going to stay up, and that's a good thing. And these people will not bat an eye. They will not think about it. They will not analyze it. They will not watch any other news coverage. They're going to go, you're right, Mr. President. Thank God you're in the office right now. And so he can count on at least thirty five percent of those people that care in the first place in in the United States to go along with him he's fine yeah
0: and i think i, I think that there's there's more involved here too um, Yeah, you know, we talked about this when we did the uh, OPEC crisis on the Syrian civil war series um, you know the 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 re- economic relationship between the United States and the Saudis is actually quite complicated and deep sure. and it's mm-hmm. got a lot uh it's it's, it's there's, there's a lot more to it than just arm um, sales there's the the price of oil which now that the u.s is the largest uh, producer of oil in the world it's becoming less important than it was 30 or 40 years ago but you, you're still a net importer today of oil right. yeah. uh and the the price of oil has a big impact on your economy, as the U.S. learned in 1974 or 75, whenever the OPEC crisis was, and it crashed the U.S. economy when yes. the um, oil-producing nations uh, put up their price. and And we talked a little bit about the deal that Kissinger did, but I want to go. I, I want to build this into another story. Uh, so Trump is now talking about adding Venezuela. To the American to the American list of state sponsors of terrorism. Mm. Um, Don't they a lo- have a lot of oil? Oh, they do have a lot of oil. Yeah, uh, along with Cuba and Iran uh, and and North Korea, he wants to add them to this list. Now, um, uh, of course, as I said before, the United States is is by far the world's largest sponsor of terrorism. But leave that leave that as it may be. Venezuela uh, actually has the world's largest known oil reserves. Damn. And has been one of the world's leading exporters of oil. Now, because the oil price has been kept low um, for a variety of reasons, the U.S.'s uh, major entry into the market with, with cracking shale oil, um, and also the Saudis trying to keep the price down, partly to sure. hurt the Russians, et cetera, et cetera. Venezuelan economy has been a disaster um, for, for quite a few oh. years now. Right. Um, anyway, so recently, uh, in, uh, it was in October, the Venezuelans announced that they're going to stop using the American dollar for international transactions in favor of the euro, the euro or euro.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Uh, they've also been playing around with uh, some cryptocurrencies as well. Now, uh, this is the same thing, by the way, that Saddam and Gaddafi did <laughs> right? just before they were overthrown and executed. They both mentioned like, they were getting off the right. U.S. dollar for their oil sales. Two other, obviously, it's, Iraq and Libya, very large producers of oil.
1: It's the equivalent of being invited to dinner by your enemies. Something bad's about to happen to this country for what they're about to do.
0: Oh, I see what you're going. You, yeah, you you're you, yeah. you're tying in Caesar references here, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so this is known as the Petrodollar. Uh mm-hmm. and it's it's quite murky, hard to understand. Um I, I'm not gonna profess to be an expert on this, but I'm I'm gonna do my best to try and explain how I think it works and why it's important because I, I think when you're looking at the Saudi relationship uh, and the Venezuelan announcement uh, and and Iran, etc., it's important to understand this. Iran also a big producer of oil, and they're not on the US uh, currency for, for petrodollars. Uh-huh. So it goes back to Bretton Woods, 1944. We've talked about this on our Cold War show, but towards the end of World War II, global economy was fucked. Um, nobody had any money except the Americans <clears throat> right. because, of course, as, as I've said many times on that show, the reason the United States came out of World War II as the economic superpower is because they were the only major economy in the world that didn't get completely fucking flattened because right. they are got two big oceans between Europe and the United States. and. Yeah, they, they, they're very hard to attack them. They're defended by two big oceans. So the US, and, and, and the U.S. economy was was doing gangbusters and all of that kind of stuff. But it was mostly the fact that they you know, weren't Europe, weren't on the mainland. Right. And, they, they, they survived.
1: And before Lend-Lease, we fleeced the British economy, made them pay for everything. We made a lot of money out of that up until Lend-Lease. That helped.
0: Yeah. So... Um, Late in World War II, 1944, there was this conference at a place called Bretton Woods, uh, upstate New York, I think, from memory, Mm -hmm. Um, where they worked out that the US dollar was going to be the standard global currency moving forwards, not not the uh, pound, the British pound, because Britain was fucked. And the US at the time had something like 90% of the world's gold (coughs) reserves. Literally. So that so their currency was going to be the international standard. It was going to be backed by gold, which basically mm. meant that if you wanted to convert uh, pound sterling into francs, you would first right. convert it into U.S. currency and then from U.S. currency into um, the, the francs or whatever other currency ah. you needed. Because the U.S. were the ones that could uh, uh, support their currency with gold. Now, in 1971, uh, U.S. economy wasn't doing so good, and uh, Nixon ended gold convertibility to the greenback. Mm. Before then, uh, all American money had to be backed with actual gold reserves and Fort Knox and other places. He went, no, fuck that. And then they were able to start printing money. Uh, wow! Not backed up, complete fiat currency. We can just print money as much as we like oh, and backed by guns. Get it out into our economy. <laughs> exactly. Then, uh, in the early to mid seventies, we had the OPEC crisis. Again, th- this is where the, the Middle Eastern oil con- oil producing countries all of a sudden started pushing up the price of oil. Um, it was led uh, by Bashar Assad's father, mostly, um, running Syria at the time, um, and the Saudis. They did this deal. Partly, it was payback for US support of Israel. Ah. Uh. And uh, and also just interference in the region. It was it was a way of punishing the US for interference in the Middle East, crash the US economy because oil prices went up and um, everything came screeching. The US economy was already weakened, uh, okay. and this just just made it worse. Partly the US is spending a shit ton of money fighting an unwinnable war in Vietnam, etc., etc. So, um, good old Henry Kissinger. Flew over and did deals with uh, yeah. Bashar Assad's father um, and with the Saudis in particular. And part of the right. deal that he did with the Saudis is that f- they would only sell oil for U.S. dollars moving forwards. Wow! Uh, which would make the American greenback the official currency of U.S. Uh, of sorry of oil uh, worldwide. The, the mm-hmm. petrodollar, as it's known. They, part of the deal, though, was then Saudis would also then invest those dollars that they made from selling oil into the U.S. economy, into buying treasury notes and into U.S. securities. Then they would spend the interest payments that they made on those investments on U.S. weapons, which the U.S. would happily sell them. Despite That's the fact brilliant. that they were a brutal theocratic regime and would support them to the hilt in the United Nations.
1: That is brilliant. They would win, attack win, win.
0: they would attack yeah. their enemies, except Israel, right. um, but they would attack their other enemies, keep them weak, and, and by the other enemies, they meant the other oil-producing nations like
1: <laughs> ah. Iraq
0: and Iran. Now, right. not long after that, they did a deal with Saddam Hussein to invade Iran um, in the in the late seventies because they 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 sort of controlled Iran. The US controlled Iran at the time this deal was made in the seventies. Um, they were quite friendly with the Shah. Now, a few mm-hmm. years after this deal was made, uh, there was the uh, revolution in Iran. The American puppet government under the Shah was uh, kicked out. Um, the Ayatollah Khomeini took over. And uh, then the U.S. supported Saddam Hussein's invasion of Iran. Anyway, so the economic relationship with the Saudis has been quite deep since then. And it's, it's a quid pro quo. You make the U.S. dollar standard currency uh, and we will support you militarily and in the U.N. And you, you also spend that money um, in the US. Now the right. way the and we'll support you no matter what you do, even if it includes cutting up a guy in your embassy and dissolving his body in acids, all good. Jesus now, Christ. for example, let me let me try and break down why this is good for the US economy. So okay. imagine, for example, Italy wants to buy oil from Kuwait. Right. Uh, it, it, and the U.S. dollar is the, is the only currency that can be used to do that. So Italy has to purchase U.S. dollars on the foreign exchange market to pay for the oil.
1: Uh, right.
0: That creates a, a market for U.S. dollars that wouldn't otherwise exist. Oil yeah. being one of the most important commodities on the planet. Every country needs a shit ton of it. They need more of it every year. They can only buy it with American dollars, so they need to buy American dollars. So the value of the American dollar goes up. You with me wow. so far?
1: I am, yes. Okay.
0: Now the demand—the demand for the U.S. dollars is of, I, say, I say it's artificial because it doesn't actually add any value to the purchase of the yeah. oil. The U.S. isn't it's manufacturing around, the oil. That's it. They're not. You're not right. refining the oil. It's just—it's yeah. a, a middleman in the transaction. But you get to make money from that. You get to profit sure, from the foreign exchange. A lot. But also yeah. the, the value of it goes up. So it translates into increased purchasing power and a, and a more liquid market for the U.S. dollar and for U.S. treasuries. Now, in addition to that, and this is the key, is the U.S. is in the unique position where it doesn't have to use foreign currency to buy oil. It gets to use its ah. own currency, which it can print once Nixon took it off the gold <laughs> standard. You basically are getting free oil.
1: I love being an American. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So, where? whereas... Other countries need to pay for the oil with yeah. cash. I mean, they, they can print their own money as well, but then they need to go and buy American money before they can um, we still benefit. buy oil. Yeah. The, the U.S. can just print money, buy oil, getting basically free oil. Shit. Now, it's it's really hard to overstate how much the petrodollar system has benefited the American economy in the last 40 or so years. It's allowed the U.S. government to run a $20 trillion uh, deficit uh, (laughs) and and many American corporations and citizens to live way beyond their means for for decades. The U.S. has unchecked geopolitical leverage over this because the U.S. can basically exclude any country from the U.S. dollar-based financial system. So they can use that as a, as a form of gunboat diplomacy, right? Do what we want or we'll prevent you from buying American dollars and therefore wow. you can't buy oil and therefore you're fucked. Right. Now, there are some countries that don't sell their oil for uh, U.S. dollars, Iran being a major one, which has been a major source of tension between the U.S. and Iran, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, Iran's under sanctions and wouldn't be able to do it anyway, but it's a bit of a quid pro quo. Um, sure. Then, uh, as I said, Saddam pulled Iraq's oil off the U.S. greenback before he was overthrown, Gaddafi mm-hmm. before he was overthrown, and now yes. Venezuelans are talking about doing it as well, and Trump's talking. He's been talking about invading them for, for a while. Um, right. But I, if Trump stays in power for another few years, I, I think we can expect to see an invasion, direct Excuse. or indirect, right, right. of Venezuela. And now, of course, the way these things often happen, as as we've talked about before, it's not like the U.S. necessarily needs to send in troops. Mm -hmm. They just provide backing to internal elements. You you, you find a general who's ambitious um, and has the ability to get the support of the military or at least some parts of the military, and you say, listen, overthrow the government, install yourself as dictator or one of your yeah. one of your friends as dictator it doesn't need to be you you can become the defense secretary or whatever it is um, we will yeah. provide you with we'll provide you with open checkbook for weapons for for tro- for training for backing of your troops we'll also provide you with support in the Security Council uh, we will recognize the new government this is exactly what the Obama administration did in Honduras a few years ago Mm. that I talked about uh, in our new show last week. Um, They've done this repeatedly. It's just happened again in Brazil. Um, Not a military coup, but uh, they supported the election of Bolsonaro, who's this uh, far-right guy who approves of torture, um, wants to curtail environmental conservation efforts. He's got a history of making insulting statements about women and gay people, and uh, he's pro-sexual assault. He's just won the election uh, down in Brazil.
1: Are you sure you're not talking about Trump? I think you got your notes mixed up.
0: Yeah, no, they're they're, they're quite... They're yeah, quite friendly. Uh, now, see, here's the thing. So if the U.S. loses its position as the petrodollar, the U.S. economy is going to take a massive hit. Um, some yeah. some economists point to that being a potential tipping point, which will crash the U.S. economy permanently. Um, they won't be able to recover yeah. from it. So anyway, it's as I said, look, I'm not the world's leading expert on the way petrodollars work. I find all this economics stuff very difficult to get my head around. Uh, but that's my understanding. If I've got any of that wrong, people listening to this who are smarter than me, let yeah. um, you know. Let me know. Let and, know. And, and we'll correct yeah. it in next week's show. But that's my understanding of how it works.
1: Right. What would you like to talk about next?
0: Oh, so let's have some fun. Let's talk about this stupid fucking Christian guy. Um, <laughs> Fucking hell, man. This American guy, John Chow, 26, of Vancouver in Washington State. Right. Why you have he a Vancouver a in Washington State and a Vancouver I, just over the border in Canada, I do it. not right. know.
1: Which one's first? I have no idea. Me either. Anywho. Um,
0: so I'm sure people have seen this in the news, but... Um, he was some sort of evangelical Christian, um, mm-hmm. decided to land on an island in the Andaman, one of the Andaman islands called North Sentinel Island. It's in the Bay of Bengal. Uh, right. It's controlled by India. Um, there is a, there's a population of people living there that have not made any extensive contact with the outside world ever. They they yeah. still live a completely primitive existence with at least as far as we know, could quite possibly be they've got coffee shops and everything in there. They they are just living <laughs> it up. And they're like, fuck off, no, don't
1: come here I'll and ruin. The coconuts. We we live right. in they paradise. Have, no, they, they yeah. could
0: be they could be massively yeah. advanced and we wouldn't know. Right. They probably right. Because they don't want contact. Yeah. My theory is uh, like the, the iPhone, they actually invented that. And then they right. secretly made contact with Steve Jobs. They're probably the descendants of Atlantis, these people. Um, highly advanced civilization. Right. They just, you know, they pretend every time they see a boat, they go, oh, everyone, everyone, stop what you're doing, take off your clothes, uh, Get grab a spear, run out on the beach, just yell and scream, make some gibberish noises. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, and we don't want the next, you know, they'll be coming here, buying up all the real estate, destroying it.
1: <laughs> right. Prices go up, who needs
0: that, yeah. So what did you uh, learn about this dipshit?
1: Um, well, I've just watched before we got on the air, I just watched an interview with the lady who is in charge of the organization that he is a part of. And I apologize. I can't remember the name, but I'll be happy to put a link up on uh, the show notes on Facebook. But basically they were trying to be respectful to her because this guy was just killed and he was a part of her organization and they'd known each other for years, but they had to be a little bit brutal with her. They had to go, well, did you know what he was going to do? And she, she was, she was, she was perfect. She was like, well, I, I did know what he was going to do. We kind of helped him. Organized things. He'd been taking language lessons and all this stuff, but he just wanted to bring the love and the knowledge of God to these people. And we're like, how could we not help him with such a wonderful quest? So she couched all her responses in that kind of language. But basically, they knew what this very young, probably naive man was going to do, and um, it helped him to some degree, encouraged him, and, and let him. They didn't tell his parents, or they didn't tell the authorities, or whatever. And so. I guess he he just got full of Jesus and he was just going to improve their lives by bringing Jesus to them, not thinking that their their only reaction would be, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And not here's an arrow.
0: Yeah, well, so for people that haven't heard the story, he landed on this island, which, by the way, is illegal. Um, exactly. They're protected. Uh, they're not supposed to ha- be contacted by the outside world. And he fucking knew that. This was like his fifth trip to he, that to the Andaman exactly. Islands. And they, they shot him full of arrows and uh, dragged his body along the beach and then buried him, according to some fishermen. Fishermen who took him there, they've also been arrested. Right, um, as they should. Yeah. Um and uh they were sitting off the coast, they saw him get killed and his body get buried. Um so yeah, he wanted to go there and, and preach Jesus to to these people who have never made contact with the outside world. Um uh, they've been living there for 50,000 years. Um, uh, It's not even known how many people live there. Estimates range from 39 to 400. Um, We really have no idea. The Indian government's got a policy of isolation with minimal intervention, Even Mm -hmm. when there was uh, uh, tsunamis that hit that part of the world a couple of years ago, they didn't intervene. They just kept an eye on them from a distance. They seemed to get through it okay. Virtually untouched by modern civilization, Wow, this population, um, as far as we know. Um, Yeah. But again, this idiot... uh, Now, I I say he's an idiot, and and it's, it's completely disrespectful because obviously... We know from history that um, large populations of indigenous peoples were killed by European missionaries and invaders mm-hmm. For uh, their own good. who who visited uh, North and South America and Australia, places around um, uh, uh, Asia Pacific, um, right. and brought diseases that yeah. these people um, didn't have immunity to and uh, unwittingly, uh, in some right. cases, wittingly in others, um, infected these indigenous populations and, and wiped out large sections of them. Um, so this fucking tool just took it upon himself to go and land on right. this tiny island to talk to them about Jesus. Um I have no no respect uh no sympathy uh for him at all. Um he got what he deserved and uh apparently his last note because he was writing like an online blog. He was called right. I've seen him referred to as an Instagram adventurer. Um Okay, I don't, don't exactly know what that is. I didn't know that was a job. It's a um, risky one. I guess you just travel the world somehow, afford to do that and post it on Instagram. Nice. Um, But, yeah, one of his last blog posts was, I hope this isn't one of my last notes, but if it is, to God be the glory. And even God said, listen, you fucking little idiot, leave these people alone. Haven't you done enough damage in my name, you Christians, over
1: the centuries?
0: for fuck's
1: sake if, if it helps if i can and not that we have to end this but to end on a positive note for myself his parents said we are not angry we do not blame those people may god still love and protect and guide them um we're good here because basically now their son is a martyr and they've got something to brag about for the rest of their lives every sunday when they go to church
0: well, look, I feel sad for them that they lost a son, but um, still, you know, I mean, it's not, it sounds like- yeah, I mean, I don't know if they were supportive of his mission. Did you find that out?
1: I mean, he like this woman, I, I have to think that his parents knew because this woman said, look, for the last 10 years, he's been, he's been talking about this. He's been taking language. He's been doing um, survival courses. He's been whatever he thinks he needed to do to get ready. So this has been in this this has been uh, in the works for a decade. If this woman you and I'm I'm afraid I can't answer your question question, but I've got to assume his parents knew something to some degree. But because of that statement, where they just say, "Look, we're not angry at these people. You know, may God bless them." I think they're drinking from the same Kool Aid he is, which is probably why he was so delusional in the first place because of his of his parents.
0: Oh well, I don't think they should be angry. I think that is actually a surprisingly reasonable position to take. Is it's like you go swimming in a fucking Shark-infested waters and you get eaten by a shark, you can't be angry at the sharks. You go, well, fuck, I guess that was in retrospect, probably not a great idea. But there is one group that's angry, the International Christian Concern, a non-profit that draws attention towards Christian suffering throughout the world. Yeah um they want the uh north singalese uh, to be uh charged with murder sentinelese sorry not Singalese. sentinelese to be charged with murder
1: yeah it's like murdering a shark but yeah go ahead anyway that's not gonna happen sh- I, I don't I, from what fucking, i've read fucking moron the arrogance the well arrogance I, I, I just hope he hasn't wiped out this entire population of people exactly I was about to say that yeah when they were dragging his body through whatever was something on him spreading throughout the village yeah. and then uh, you know a couple of months from now we're gonna go back and go and this entire tribe is now dead
0: yeah uh well we got we got a few more minutes let's talk about the El Chapo trial this is uh something else I'm watching so um El Chapo Joaquin Guzman aka El Chapo is uh, on trial at the moment Mexican Mexican drug lord famously keeps escaping from prison um, said he was going to hunt down Trump Guy, or something who did he say he was
1: going to oh, hunt down a few years ago And now I'm scared is it one of us <laughs> you got me shit in my pants now
0: No, we've we've got enough people wanting to just write... People people don't want to understand down, they just write snarky reviews on iTunes. Um, His trial has just started in the US. Uh, It's in uh, New York under trial in New York. So he's he's close to Trump if he wants to get at him. Yeah. Um, So one of the things that's come out uh, in this trial already is that one of the witnesses in the trial um, told jurors that he personally gave millions of dollars in bribes to the top security chief for the former Mexican president, Felipe Calderón, and also millions to a top aide for the incoming president, André oh. Manuel López Obrador. Awkward basically to buy their protection of the Sinaloa cartel, which is uh, right. the cartel that El Chapo is running. Obrador takes office uh, on December 1st of this year. Oh, a couple of days. So ac- according to this guy, now I don't know if he's telling the truth or not, obviously, but uh, he, yeah. he's basically saying, yeah, we, we, we're buying off uh, the F- Mexican presidents, this one and the last one. We've bought them off millions of dollars. Now, the yeah. last one, Calderon, when he was president, he went to Washington, had a meeting with your President Obama. President yeah. Obama said, uh, President Calderon takes very seriously his responsibilities to apply effective law enforcement within Mexico.
1: Well, actually, the second half of that quote is, if the check doesn't clear. <laughs>
0: so. if, in fact, the uh, American ambassador to Mexico at the time was forced to resign oh, because he wrote a cable back home basically saying yeah look the Mexican government uh, doesn't do anything about the cartels um, yeah. because you know they've, they've been bought and sold which WikiLeaks released Ooh. and instead though of Obama saying well uh, do, do do your Obama impersonation, as we say well uh, I guess uh, he's speaking the truth, and you guys are fucking corrupt. Can you say that?
1: Let me be clear. That motherfucker got caught and must pay, but Trump, who will come after me, has a much higher price, and that's $110 billion, and not just a couple million. So again, America is number one in everything.
0: Yeah, so Obama fired the ambassador.
1: Oh, God.
0: Um who said this and got caught saying it um, rather than say the truth, uh, <laughs> well, uh, we believe that the Mexican government is actually completely corrupt and has been bought and sold by paid for by the Mexican cartels, and so we're going to invade Mexico. Um, right. Couldn't say that. by the way I, I, I love yeah. Calderon uh, in his meeting with Obama apparently blamed the, the, the drug Mexican drug cartels on American guns. He said, well, if you stopped American guns getting into Mexico, mm-hmm. then we would be able to better deal with the uh, drug cartels.
1: Well, isn't the truth that if, if you could get the vast majority off of, your pe- of your people to get off drugs, to give them up, then our... Cartels would close up because they would have no customers. So, Or, yeah, don't play yeah. or if you
0: legalized drugs
1: ah.
0: and uh, allowed people yeah. just to openly yeah, run drug businesses, then that would put the cartels out of business pretty quickly. I As know. we saw with the legalization of alcohol uh, after Prohibition yeah. again, um, basically stopped the mob running booze at a major level. They moved into other things, of course, but not booze so much. Right. So you just you just legalize the market, decriminalize it, legalize it, and that would stop the debate. Taxi. As we've talked about in the war on drugs, yeah. too many people in the American government are yeah. profiting from the war on drugs um, in a variety of ways for them right. to seriously do what they need to do or should have done decades ago.
1: Well, if Venezuela no longer uses American currency for their oil, maybe we 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 should switch. Uh, we should allow pot to be legalized to compensate for all that money that we're not going to get that we've been getting for decades. Who knows? Mm.
0: But anyway, I, I, the point of this story is that according to this witness, uh, and and these sorts of things don't often come out in these trials. I'm surprised that they allowed this to happen. But uh, yeah, really. So the very fact that this was allowed to come out in the trial says a lot about uh, you know, the U.S.'s current position uh, vis-a-vis Mexico. Trump yeah. wants them to pay for the wall. Uh, they're saying we're not going to pay for the wall. And so now we're seeing this dirt come out about the past and incoming president's relationship with the uh, drug cartels. Uh, be interesting to see how that plays out. What What's the U.S. government going to do about uh, President yeah. Obrador and his administration on the basis of this information? Will they do anything? Will they use it behind the scenes as a form of leverage? Um, mm. Well, we could use this now technically to probably sanction uh your government uh you personally um you know go after your um hidden funds in the cayman islands right um yeah uh, so interesting to see how that plays out but i was just very shocked i mean we all assume that these guys are corrupt but for it to come out publicly like this uh in a new york-based trial is very unusual
1: yeah, everybody's on the take. My current price is uh, two hundred and fifty seven dollars.
0: You talk about you personally. You just yeah want, yeah yeah. What will you do for two hundred fifty seven dollars?
1: I'm trying to think of something I wouldn't do for two hundred
0: fifty seven dollars. There's a lot of a lot, <clears throat> lot of goat loving you can get in Virginia for two hundred fifty seven dollars.
1: Amen, brother.
0: Well, that's Amen. the that's the news story uh for the week. Uh, new shows um, yeah. uh, uh, what are we got to plug this week I don't know plug stuff <laughs> what else are we doing on our um, on our Cold War show we're talking about Ho Chi Minh and um, the the first Indochina war on uh, the Renaissance this week where we're going to be talking
1: about um, my the, favorite subject, the the Catholic Church.
0: Yeah, the the the, the popes and Avignon, and um, the the I guess the weakening of the temporal power of the popes in the fourteenth right. century, and the Knights Templar. Oh, we're going to yeah. be going deep on the Knights Templar, which I'm personally excited about. I've always been fascinated with the Knights Templar, so that's going to be fun because right. they play a big role in that. Um, Thibaut, what are we doing in the Thibaut show at Tibo. the moment? Thibaut, everyone's listening to the Thibaut show. Oh. Germanicus is doing his thing. Yeah, what's what's our other show? Um, um, war on drugs. Oh, yeah, war on yeah. drugs. Yeah, there we go. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't yeah. know what we're doing. It's still on going on, believe it or not.
0: Yeah, we're getting we're sort of up around the George Bush Senior years, uh, slipping into yeah. the Clinton years. Um, yeah, I think I uh, I just want to I want to quickly get to the point about what happened next. So we've talked about why there was a war on drugs and how bullshit it was right. right um what happened to turn it around at least with marijuana where it's now increasingly being decriminalized or legalized uh in the united states mm-hmm. and and around the world yeah we have to we have to better understand what were the key factors in making that happen.
1: My yeah, guess is
0: well my yeah. guess is it just um it just got out of hand. So many people were smoking it. People were like, you know what? I, yeah. I smoke it. My friend smokes it. My mum smokes it. It's fine. Really yeah. um, Obama came out and said, well, uh, yes, I inhaled. That was the point. Um, I think uh, that probably had a role. That might help. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next week. Tell your friends, if you like this show, give it a plug on Facebook. Yeah. Say, hey, listen to Wait. this. It's, uh, it's, it's worth a listen.